0: more today. We are in the Christmas season, and as always, I never preach or teach a traditional Christmas lesson. I don't, you know, most of us know the story, so I always like looking at things from a different angle. And so we're going to look um, in the scriptures here, uh, one passage for now, and then later we'll look at another passage out of the Gospel of Matthew. Um, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. I want to speak for a few moments this morning on the, the forgotten man of Christmas. Kind of the un, one of the unsung heroes of the Christmas story. The one who really gets very little credit and very little is usually said about him. But I want to look at the forgotten man of Christmas. In fact, even the song we just sang, it talked about the baby, the son of who? Mary. What about Joseph here, guys? Come on now, right? What about Joseph, you know? Joseph kind of just gets kind of forgotten about. It's all, think about it, how many songs do we even hear at Christmas time about Joseph? You know, there's not too many. We hear Mary did you know. Well, how about this? Jesus did you I mean Joseph did you know? You know? How many of you've heard Mary did you know? You know. I'm not going to sing it for you. You don't want that. But we know that we know the song Mary did you know. But what about Joseph in the story, you know? And we just heard about how it's the babe that the son of Mary. Well, what about Joseph, you know? I'm getting a little bitter right now, you know? It's kind of like, like a wedding. A wedding, you know? It's all about the bride. The guy just has to be there so we can actually have the wedding, you know? But it's not, it's not about us, let me tell you. It has nothing to do with the guy. It's all about the bride. You know, it's... The bridezillas, you know? We've never heard of a groomzilla, have we? All right, so let me get that off my chest. And so we want to look at Joseph for a few moments this morning and some of the qualities that Joseph had. I want to remind you that when we look at the Christmas story, I see that God uses ordinary people and ordinary places and God uses little people and little things, little places, the little town of Bethlehem. God uses the ordinary to do extraordinary. When God looked down from heaven, He knew that there would have to be someone who would be the father of Jesus. And of all the people, as He looked down from heaven... Obviously, we know that Mary was favored and God chose Mary, but who would this father be? Who would be the one to provide and to protect and to nurture and to bring up a child that, in essence, truly wasn't really his own? Who would this man be? What would he look like? What were his character traits? What were his qualities? What what type of man is God going to look for to be the father in his place. Who did God the father look down and choose and, and why and what, what, what did he think of when he said I have to, if, if, you, if you will, loan my, my own son, my one and only son for another person to raise. And then beyond that a person who's going to be a man, a human being. Who would this man be? What would he look like? What would his, what, what would his life be like? What, what about him? What did God see in Joseph? What qualities? And let's look at some passages this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Notice what the scripture says. It says this in Matthew 1, he says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, man, there's so much here, because her husband was faithful to law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel which means God. With us. And when Joseph awoke, he did, I love this, he did what the angel Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. What do we know about Joseph in the scriptures? Very little. What we do know is this that Joseph was an ordinary guy, an ordinary man. Joseph had a a job. He was a construction worker. When the Bible says he was a carpenter, it'll say things like this, that that Jesus was the carpenter's son. Joseph, his, his occupation was that of a carpenter. Now, it's different than what we think today. A carpenter literally means this, means construction worker. He was a contractor. Most likely, mostly he worked with stone and and concrete and a hammer and a chisel. And I I, I pictured Joseph as a guy that, man, this guy had guns. You know what I'm saying? Joseph had a hammer and a chisel. And most of what they did was working with stone and some wood. But he was a a contractor. He was a construction worker. We would call him maybe what some would call a blue-collar worker. When God looked down from heaven, one of the qualities he looked for in, in the, the man who would raise his son, his one and only son, was someone who, was, who was, had grit. Someone who was a man's man. Someone who was not lazy. By the way, this is a whole other sermon, but can I tell you this? That God always calls people who are active and at work to do his work. God cannot do much with lazy people. Somebody say amen there. (laughs) He can't. He can overcome lots of obstacles, but if we do not have diligence and if we do not have the quality of of being a a disciplined, hardworking person, it's going to be difficult for God to use us. All through Scripture, you'll see that God called people who were active and those who were at work. And Joseph was a, was a man of grit. And Joseph was a man of character. We're going to see here that he was a man of integrity. And Oh, may I say to you, we need some more Josephs in our culture today. We need some Josephs who are men of morality and men of integrity. And, and men who are going to take on responsibility. And Joseph was even willing, as we're going to see here in a moment, to take on the responsibility of a child that wasn't necessarily... His physically or biologically. Are you with me this morning? We see that Joseph had some qualities. He was a man of grit and character. Hard-working, calloused hands. He was not the educated of his day. He wasn't from Jerusalem. He was from the town of Nazareth. Even in the Bible it says this, that they would say this, does anything good come out of Nazareth? Does anything good come out of beaver? You know, that's what they were saying. (laughs) Sorry, guys, you know. (laughs) I'm just trying to put it in context. (laughs) Yes, I said it. I said it. It's a joke, all right? This is the context. Does anything good come out of Nazareth? They said that. Does anything good come from Nazareth? They were looked down upon. Nazareth is the other side of the tracks. Nazareth was an area where basically Rome would employ the people to kind of do the hard labor. The grunt work. The work that no one else wanted to do. As you see in the scriptures, Joseph is what we would call the idea of being engaged. The betrothed is an interesting thing, but the idea is this, that they had already exchanged wedding vows, but they're not ready yet to come together as a couple. Scholars will tell you this, that Joseph was between 17 and 19 years of age. He's betrothed to his wife, Mary. Mary somewhere between 13 to 15 years of age. These are young people. The betrothal period usually was a period of about one year. And during that period, what happens is, they, they, they are when they're betrothed, they exchange vows, and they are actually married, but they do not come together to consummate the marriage until after Joseph is ready and prepared, and he prepares a home for them to come home to. And then what happens is a big celebration, a big feast happens and it lasts for days up to over a week where everyone comes together and then they celebrate the wedding feast and they come together as man and wife. So Joseph is legally married to Mary. And then one day Mary comes and says, I'm pregnant. I'm with child. And Joseph, his whole world is turned upside down. I'm assuming that Mary shares with Joseph that, no, 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 wait, 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 Joseph, wait. You don't understand. This child that I'm with, that it's from the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure Joseph is just like, okay, so you're telling, I mean, come on, let's, really, you are carrying the Messiah right. That is, I mean, one, I can't believe that you just did what you did. But now you're going to lie and you're going to say this? Like, can you imagine what Joseph's going through? The woman that I love is pregnant with someone else's baby. You say, well, that's not the way it went. That's not how it was. Oh, yes, it was. Because what does Joseph, he has a dilemma. His dilemma is this. He has two options according to the law. According to the law, he can expose Mary and believe it or not, they would take her to the edge of the city and they would stone her. Or, the Bible says here, he chose to quietly, discreetly, what was called a bill of divorcement, to divorce her quietly, discreetly. This is what he had come to decide to do. Before the angel of the Lord comes and says, Joseph, it's a miracle. She's with child with the Messiah and you're going to name him Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But understand this. What type of man was Joseph? Listen to these words. Joseph was a kind man. Joseph was a Merciful man. You see, Joseph under the law, in his anger, in his rage, could have said, You know what? How dare you do this to me? How dare you cheat on me? How dare you do this? All that we had and all that we were working for, and and don't you know that you've crushed me? Don't you know that you've broken my heart? We don't know how long he had to deal with these thoughts before the angel Lord comes. But we do know this, is that Joseph came to a point where he said, you know what? I am going to show mercy. I am going to be kind to Mary. And I am going to make this as easy as I can for her. Can I say this? I wonder how many of us would respond that way to someone who, who we in our, at that moment thought hurt us. I would say that a lot of us would not be very merciful. Mercy is this not giving people what they deserve. Well, you know what this person deserves. Do you know what they said to me. Do you know what they did to me. How many, how many have been there, done that, right? You see, when God looked down from heaven, He looked for a man who was merciful, He looked for a man who was kind. I find it interesting that Joseph, a man of grit, a man who had calluses on his hands, a man who had biceps and forearms that had to have been just... Can you imagine what his forearms must have looked like? He was a man's man, but he was kind. You know, we live in a society that almost almost conceives the idea that being merciful and kind is weak. But can I tell you something? One of the strongest, most powerful things we can do, especially as men, is to be kind and to be merciful. Somebody say amen there. We live in a culture, and a society where if you did me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. And oh, you got me? Well, I'm going to get you back. And here Joseph demonstrates the kind of quality that God was looking for. And when God was looking down from heaven. Yes, he wanted a man's man and a strong man and a man who was not lazy and a man who had grit and determination. But he said, But also, this man is a man who is kind. He's going to be kind to his wife, and he's going to be kind to this child that he's going to raise. He's going to be a man of mercy. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a just man. It means this, the word just means this, righteous in character and righteous in actions. We see that he was a man of integrity and a man of honesty. He was a man of purity. That he was a righteous man in character your character, what, what, what does that mean? Let me say it like this. One of the greatest definitions I ever heard of character is this. Character is what you are and who you are when no one else is watching. That is your character. That's who you really are. Hey, men, I'm just going to be real this morning. I'm kind of preaching to men. But we need some Josephs who are just men. Men of honor and men of integrity. That when their wife is not around, they're not on the internet searching porn. Amen. That goes for you, teenage guys. You need to stay off that stuff. It'll wreck and ruin your life. It will pull you down an addictive road that will wreck and ruin your life. It is an addiction that is more listen to me, is more toxic than cocaine and heroin and anything else that you can fentanyl, you name it. Can I tell you something pornography will will literally ruin how you think about women and what women are about. They are to be loved and cherished by God, they are to be nurtured by God, and they are not just a mere piece of flesh for your own entertainment. God, help us! Pornography is ruining the men in this country and the men in America, and it is causing—listen to me—it is causing a pandemic of women being mistreated and abused because we are being sucked into the enemy's lies of lust. It is disgusting. It is disgusting that my own little girl, 11-year-old girl, can't even take her dog on a walk without teenage boys coming up and grabbing her and showing her pornography. And now we have to deal with that. Yes, right here in Cedar City. Right here in Cedar City. And one of them had a Canyon View sweatshirt on. And I hope I can find out who it was. And if you think I'm not passionate about this, I am. Because we need some Josephs who are men of honor and integrity. Pastor Joe, I don't think you should talk about these things. I think you should be silent about these things. Oh, no. We need a man of God in Cedar City who's going to call out sin and call it out for what it is. Amen? And to raise up a generation of young men and men and grandfathers who are Josephs. who are going to stand for right, men of character, men of kindness. Character is who you are and what you are when no one else is watching. The word just means righteous in character, but also righteous in action. Here's the idea, is your character will come out in how you conduct your life and how you live your life. Joseph was a just man a moral man, a man of integrity. Joseph had knowledge of the Scriptures. He knew the Word. Because when the angel came and shared with him, he quoted Isaiah 7 and he gave him the Scripture. And then Joseph realized that that this is a fulfillment of the prophecy of God. We need Joseph's. One of the greatest qualities I see of Joseph is he was a man of obedience. Every single time we see in Scripture the Lord speak, Joseph responds. Look with me in one other passage in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 18. Matthew 2, 13 through 18. Here's the thing. Do you know that there's never one spoken word recorded by Joseph in the Bible? But boy, does he speak volumes. Amen. Joseph never preached a sermon. We never hear one word spoken by Joseph. Joseph was an obedient man. Notice what the scripture says here. When they had the Magi, when the wise men had gone, it says, the angel Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, Get up. He said, Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and he took the child and his mother during the night, and they left for Egypt, and where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled that the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. And when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Rama, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Joseph was a man of obedience. When the Bible says that the angel Lord came to Joseph when he was pondering to divorce his wife and to walk away and to to kind of put her away uh, privately and secretly, the Bible says, the angel says, no, Joseph, take her to be your wife. And when Joseph took her to be his wife, he took on any shame that would come along with that. Do you understand that he would be looked at as one of two things? One, that he was the one who got her pregnant and that would bring shame and reproach upon the two of them. Or secondly, that he, that Mary had basically had some type of an affair and now he's going to raise this illegitimate child. Regardless, Joseph was willing to take on the shame and he walked in obedience and he took that upon him and he took that responsibility and he raised Jesus as his own son. He walked in obedience. We then see him obedient When the Bible says that he walks in, and on the eighth day, as he then brings baby Jesus to be dedicated to the Lord, and they sacrifice the doves, the Bible says that he named him what? What did he name him? Say it. It's not a trick question. Jesus. Yeah, you're right. Good job. (laughs) He named the baby Jesus according to what God had told him. Most of the time, listen to me, he would have named him Joseph. But he named him Jesus, which meant Emmanuel, God with him. And by the way, when Joseph, it was the honor, it was the duty of the father to name his child. At that moment, Joseph was saying, I am legally responsible. I am legally the adopted father of Jesus. I am taking on this responsibility. And he named him Jesus according to the word of the Lord. He was obedient. You'll see then that Joseph, as they're living in Bethlehem, is warned in a dream. And when do you typically dream, by the way? Typically, most of the time, at night. Joseph is warned in a dream. The angel of the Lord says, Quickly, take the baby and leave and go. And the Bible says, In the middle of the night, Joseph takes his wife Mary and takes uh, Jesus and they go into Egypt and they flee into Egypt and they go quickly. In the middle of the night, can I tell you something? Listen to these words delayed obedience is disobedience. Joseph obeyed immediately. As soon as the Lord told him, Take the child and go, the Bible says, In the middle of the night, Joseph got up. Most of us, let's be honest, would say, Well, we have a lot to do, we need to pack. I have a business that I run. I have my construction business. I got to make sure that's taken care of. No, Joseph immediately stopped everything. And he was obedient. And he took the baby Jesus and Mary and they went into Egypt. And I'm sure it was difficult. Different culture, different language. And you know what I think? This is just amazing. But if if Joseph were a shepherd, if Joseph were... Any type of other occupation would be difficult for him to provide for his family. But because of the job that he had, he could literally take a toolbox and he could provide for his family. Amen? The wisdom of God. God is a wise God. And he is a sovereign God. And he knew that Jesus would be taken care of by Joseph. Then the Bible says that one more time, God tells Joseph to come back. An angel, three times an angel appears to Joseph. He says, you can go back now to Israel. And when he comes back, when he comes to the area kind of close to Jerusalem, the Bible says that he's warned. And he says, don't stay because the son of Herod is in power. And so then the Bible says he goes off to Nazareth. Where he begins to raise Jesus. And by the way, what what occupation did Jesus have? You say, well, he was the Messiah, he's the son of God, he was the healer, he was the miracle worker. But what job did Jesus do until he was 30 years of age? Jesus was a what? Construction worker, carpenter. You know what's interesting is this, is Joseph brought Jesus to the temple each year until he was 12 years of age. After Jesus is 12 years of age, we don't hear anything else about Joseph. But Joseph raised Jesus as his own. I can picture little baby Jesus, toddler Jesus, small child Jesus sitting on the lap of Joseph, doing what my kids have done over the years. My kids would sit there and once in a while my kids would pick my calluses because I like to work out and lift. (laughs) And so I have calluses on my hands and I can... All of my kids, for some reason, when i 'd sit there and hold them they 'd sit there and pick away at the calluses you know we don't we don 't think about Jesus picking the calluses of his father. Joseph trained Jesus in the art in the trade of construction, and Jesus worked you know we miss this, but Joseph passed away, most likely. Most everyone believes that Joseph, this just man, this loving man, this kind man, merciful man, a man of character, dies, could be very much in the teenage years of Jesus. You know, I never really thought about this, but here's Jesus, who knew that he was going to raise the dead. Jesus, who knew that he was going to heal the sick. Can you imagine what it must have felt for Jesus? To say goodbye to his father, his earthly father. You say, well, he didn't have those type of feelings. The Bible says that he had every feeling that you and I have. He, was, he took on humanity. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus was thirsty and Jesus got hungry? Do you know that the Bible says that when his good friend Lazarus died, the Bible says that Jesus wept? For anyone here that's ever lost a loved one, can I tell you something Jesus knows how that feels. Jesus had to sit and watch his father die and know that he had all power to keep him from dying and to heal him. And if need be, he could have raised him from the dead, yet it was not God's plan because Jesus was obedient to his heavenly father. Now, we know that Jesus was perfect, but can I tell you, Joseph set a really good example of obedience. By the way, moms and dads, if we want our kids to be obedient, what's one of the best examples we can set? To be obedient. And so Joseph, most would all agree, died a premature death, maybe sickness, We never think about things like this because our minds don't go there. But can I say this? If he's working in a construction trade, it's possible some bad accident, something happened. But Joseph prematurely dies. And somewhere in the teenage years, Jesus takes on the responsibility of the family. And what does Jesus do? He does what his father taught him. He's a construction worker and he's working Jesus was the guy that came and fixed your fence, guys. (laughs) It's hard for us to think about it like that. Jesus was the guy who came and laid the concrete on your property. That's Jesus. It's hard for us to comprehend that, isn't it? Am I right? It's hard for us to think of things like this. I wonder how many hours Joseph and Jesus worked together and talked. What they talked about. The things they discussed. That Joseph was a godly man. Amen? And when God looked down from heaven, he said, Here's some qualities. Here's some qualities that I see in the man that I choose, that God chose to raise his son. I don't know about you. But I think it's important that we have some of these qualities, all of these qualities, amen, in our lives. These are the qualities that God looks for in people He desires to use. Boy, I'm telling you, our culture needs some more Josephs. Amen? Amen. This country needs some more Josephs. Men of honor, integrity, and character Men who are, yet. Yeah, by the way, we need some strong men. Amen. I'm not talking about just physically strong. I'm talking about strong men. We have lost our masculinity. They want to emasculate us. They want to take away. That, listen to me. There's something wrong with a culture that no longer wants strong men. And if you, if you are a strong man, it's as if we are looked down upon. No, we need some strong men like Joseph. Amen. Somebody, please. I want to finish the sermon. So somebody say Amen. amen but we need it amen we need it it's as if they're gone where have they where are they men are too busy getting mannies and petties and everything else we need some strong men all right it's okay to be manly by the way teach your boys to be manly let them wrestle amen <laughs> we need some strong men but we mean balanced men who are not only strong and gritty and willing to fight if necessary, but men that are full of mercy and full of kindness and love for their family and willing to take on tremendous responsibilities that they don't even necessarily have to or should have to, but willing to do that, willing to step up. We need men to man up and to step up. You say, This is the weirdest Christmas sermon I've ever heard. Man up! But, man, we need it. And all God's people said, let's stand together and pray.